Hello everyone, welcome to the Queer MoCast. This is KJ, just coming to let you know that this episode is kind of all over the place. We wanted to talk about love and relationships and depictions of queer love and sexual acceptance on screen, and we sort of ended up all over the place on this one. So this is kind of our mothership jumping off episode for future episodes where we're going to talk about this. I also just wanted to bring up the fact that we did talk about some specific media that some people might have some strong opinions about, and we would love to hear about those opinions. And also would just like to remind you that not only are they just our opinions, they are also means to starting a dialogue. And if these are things that you do love and enjoy, you are allowed to love and enjoy those things, please continue to do so, while also maybe joining our cry for different forms of representation in the media. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think. And here we go. Queer Mo is the Queer Mo cast. It's the Queer Mo. It's the Queer Mo cast. Welcome to the too late we have to operate <laughs> it's too late we have to operate <laughs> you must be the new boys in town <laughs> okay <laughs> all right hello hello Ooh, simultaneous hello stop it stop it i'm Ooh. i'm your i'm your main host shim shim <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm your main host, Shim Sham. Pronouns they, them, he, him, she, her. Any pronouns. And to my to my front on my breasts is uh, this is KJ, uh, apparently the co-host, and uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the Queer Mo Cast. Oh yeah, uh, uh, sorry, sorry. Pronouns they, them. This is the Queer Mo Cast. Let's get it all in no. order. We are equals, absolutely. I was at a party <laughs> on Friday night, and I realized how thick our Wisconsin accents were. We're just, we're all going for it. It's so funny, you don't hear it on a daily basis, but I bet if someone listened to this podcast from somewhere else, they'd be like, oh gosh, those homos in the Midwest, I tell you. <laughs> We've got a couple of listeners from outside of the country, even, so uh, according to the statistics. Hello. Hello, world-class podcast, Queer Mocast. The Queer Mocast, indeed. And, Mama, how are you today? I'm good. I've already exercised. I've been outside. I locked myself out of my home so I get to enjoy the fresh sun air. <laughs> I was just telling KJ how I locked myself out of my house. So I had to wait for my papa to come bring me a spare key. So um, that was lovely. Lovely. The only um, reason I'm laughing. And well, okay. Before we go to me, the reason I'm laughing is because you had described to me how you... You're, you're, it was like a series of unfortunate events. So, so I, so I love how you're like, I got to spend time in the sunshine because the story you just spun to me was a little bit more uh, in depth that the key was frozen in ice. Your spare key was frozen somewhere in an ice block because we live well, in the tundra. Was, <laughs> not to reveal my secret hidden location. Well, to at the this world. point in time, it, it won't be because but the I entire took a Midwest. <laughs> 
<laughs> I took a shovel and I that ice is still I cut through about four inches of ice and we still could not get there. Honey. Could not get there, which, uh, gonna... you know, but the other thing that you said was that you attempted to just break the door in to just get him by yourself. Went, and here's Ooh. here's the thing. Ah. I'm sad you were still locked out, but I'm happy that even after trying to break in, your door still held. That makes me feel better about your safety. <laughs> I said good news is my lock still works. But <laughs> Oh, and KJ and I were just talking about how we're becoming voice actors. So this was me. This was me opening the door. That was because... I don't know. I watched an interview once, and voice actors have to record these grunts for the show. Yep. And so those were my grunts. You're welcome. You know, those could have been you breaking open the door, and they could have been another activity, too. You know, whatever. whatever. I do not grunt when I have sex. When I have sex, <laughs> I go, ooh. 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 Patch your pee-pee in my potty. Well, we're going to... We've got, got you weird. did. We've we've I'm got sorry. a couple of things to do before we get here, but it's interesting that you bring up sex because it ha- it ties oh. into what I want to talk about today. You've had we'll sex? Get, no one. Okay. <laughs> we'll get there in a few moments. But oh, mama, no. I think you have a tarot card reading for us today. Yes. Welcome to Sunday, February 12th. Yes. Two days before Valentine's Day. I'm excited. I'm going to masturbate all day long while eating chocolate. Mm. Uh, I guess that's my Valentine's ritual. Um, <laughs> all right. The Four of Pentacles. Ooh. The Four of Pentacles. And it's very exciting. It's like a it's like a gnomish person. Ooh, and interesting. they're opening a chest with a key. And then on the chest is four pentacles. There you go. Yes, indeed. And the pentacles, for those of you who don't know, are usually uh, symbolized by coins. Um, so, so let's talk about... What were you going to say? I was going to say, what does your guidebook have to say about that version of the Four of Pentacles? Well, first, let's let's talk about the fours. What are the fours? Mm-hmm. The fours... The number four suggests structure, security, stability, reliability, and the material world, but can also suggest limitations and containment. So I get that. So... Um, structure, reliability, and also limits. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. This is essential to success, realization, and manifestation in the physical world. So the fours sound like they're very, very down to earth, very, uh, very good. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, what is this four of pentacles? Well, the pentacles are associated with earth, with matter, and with material mm-hmm. possessions. The number four, we already talked about that, is also kind of the physical world. Um, so the four of pentacles, the power of earth is doubly emphasized. Okay, okay. Um, this may well refer to working on building your wealth, planning your finances, or building a business or political p- 
political structure. Using this power wisely will ensure an extremely strong foundation. But you must be careful. An excessive preoccupation with accumulation or empire building. There is a danger. A danger! Of Mm -hmm. a loss of compassion, the withholding of affection in relationships, and of greed and miserliness. Miserliness. Mm -hmm. You know, that's funny because that that does seem very accurate, right? When we think about like business CEOs, they seem to lack all human compassion. (laughs) Um, And we pulled it up right, so we won't talk about the reverse meaning. So, all right, so we're talking about either finances, just. It sounds like we're just very, like, material possessions, structure. How is that going for us right now? Because that's uh, something we all have to deal with in life. We all have to manage finances or, I mean, we have to deal with material possessions even if we don't want to talk, even if we're a free spirit, right? So, no matter No matter where you you go, uh, there you are. And in this country, uh, we live under, yeah, we live under the rule of capitalism. And the the thing that always comes up for me with this card, and it, it's partially because of Cassandra Snow's book, uh, Careering the Tarot, but also just in the ways that I've interpreted it in my own life, it's the way for me that focusing too much on material possessions makes it difficult to open up to other people and to be open and present with other people if i get too focused on the material good i forget about the people part of things the human part of things and there's like a balance there for me always um and there's also the flip side where sometimes you're so focused on what other people need and how you connect other people they're not focusing on what you need in that in those moments and when i think of the four of pentacles from a material standpoint for me it's about making sure that I am allowing myself to hold on to the resources that are going to keep me stable, that I'm not donating so much money that I realize at the end of the month that I've uh, not been able to make a bill or I don't have groceries, which I've done before. <laughs> or I, uh, I've, like, I, I knew that someone was going through a hard time, so I lent them money or I uh, put... I, I took them out for a meal and then I realized that I should have balanced things a little better because now I'm, I'm low on cash. Because... We are queers who are doing much better, but we're still uh, queers who are, you know, we're uh, we're we're still healing. We're still growing from the the world that bore us, and uh, that also means that queer people tend to get started a little later in life. We tend to not get the engine revving on the things we really want to do, and so. There's this card's really difficult for me because I find talking about material possessions miserable. <laughs> I find talking about it, uh, I find talking about finances. I I would I would rather hurl myself over the Hoover Dam uh, a lot of the time than actually talk about money. So for me, it's about how focusing on money for myself helps me stay more connected to other people because I have the structures and the foundations in place in a safe way that I can be giving of myself to others and not holding on to myself too closely because I'm only able to think about do I have enough money to pay rent do I have enough money to buy food do I have enough money you know all of that that was kind of a lot do you want to synthesize what that sounded like to you (laughs) because I feel like I was just going in all kinds of directions but it it all it all was relevant definitely just 
um that warning of miserliness and mm. losing empathy for others. You don't want to end up there, but at the same time, you don't want to be so free-spirited with your finances and your possessions that you yourself are struggling because finances is a huge source of stress. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what I was hearing is that you, you don't want to be so free-spirited that you are constantly stressed out because you ha- are on the verge of nothing because most people around us um, who are secure with finances probably don't have a ton extra. So when we're not secure, we don't always have a safety net. So that, I know I that's don't. why we do have to look out for ourselves because, mm-hmm. because looking out for your own finances, now I'm just uh, extrapolating or uh, elaborating, but um, looking out for ourselves is not selfish. It's actually, it's actually almost, you could view it as an act of service because if we don't look out for ourselves, we then have to look to others to support us, which is not bad to do, but if we're constantly doing it, we, it's a little bit selfish. Do you know what I'm saying? No, 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 I do. There's, again, it's all about the balance here for me. It's yeah. about finding as close to the middle way as possible to get a little Buddhist here. Um, it's uh, finding finding that, 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 that middle path, right? The best you can. Normally, I'm not much for centrism, but when it comes to these type of things, there is kind of a, a, a path in the middle of all of it that, that I try to, to walk the best I can. And... Yeah, the the four of pentacles is uh, I find the pentacle suit really difficult because it does deal with all of these things. So I tend to focus on the human side of it the best I can, um, because the four of pentacles can also mean you're being uh, stingy with your with with yourself emotionally or spiritually. You're closing or walling yourself off from others. And I don't think either of us are completely those people. I think we're too. We, we crave other people too much to be completely walled off. And also, we can get to a place where we're so focused on other things or we're so, like, bogged down with everything that we forget about the connections in our lives. And I always like to focus on that with the Four of Pentacles, too. That that's, that's like, the warning side of it. That isn't necessarily what's happening now. It's more like, just watch out for that. Watch out for moments where you realize you're maybe not being very generous of spirit. Not being very yeah. What's really ringing true for me today is the warning, Mm -hmm. and that's just because I think for all of us is that it's okay to have a savings account. (laughs) It's okay to not constantly be struggling with money. I feel like I feel like there's almost like a Midwest sensibility in us where like we should always be struggling for money and I don't know why but I I just feel that and if you're not then you're somehow selfish Mm -hmm. um and so I I feel like that is okay but at the same time if you're not struggling for money each paycheck there's definitely a point of privilege and to recognize the privilege and then to not get miserly to realize that you can give back um and just because you're doing well doesn't mean you're still not paycheck to paycheck, but like you can give a little. You can give a little honey bun. So absolutely. 
absolutely. No, no, no. I so love that. So that warning, really. I, I really like the warning piece because I think uh, in the United States specifically, there's an attitude of uh, leaping over others to get to gain is totally fine. And that you should do that. That You should always be trying to climb the ladder. And yeah, I'm like, it's I like rewarded. Know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I don't, I think the warning, we should really be like, oh, I don't know. You don't want to lose that empathy. That empathy for others is very important. And that phrase, it's just business. It's not just business. Like, there's a human element to everything. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, the, the phrases that come to mind is, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. But then also, we can't escape the system we're currently in right this second. So finding ways to live within it that makes you feel less like you're drowning in sorrow is is probably good right you know and that's the things the things that we have to recognize is that our ability to live our happiness are so interconnected to other people and being open and honest about your own privileges and your own like like your your own comforts is a good thing and also recognizing that it's okay to have them is also good like not i was just talking with my therapist about this not feeling guilty that I'm actually doing better financially now than I ever have been. There was like a weird guilt piece that started mm. cropping up for me when suddenly my account wasn't nearing negative numbers every month. It was like a I weird guilty that. feeling. I don't um, know where that comes from, but I get that. I mean, I can imagine it goes back to like family and we don't. But do you know what I mean? Like, no, I, I get you. Like there's like a it's like it's like imbued into our culture here in the upper Midwest and bootstraps uh anyway like like pick yourself up and be successful but not too successful you selfish fuck uh the other thing that this kind of makes me think of is okay so yesterday i did a show um with a friend of mine uh roz and Stop. we uh we put it on at a little a little a uh, brewery slash uh place Whoa. called finnegan's which you've been to before and wow. They've got a nice, a nice little spot there, a cute little stage, and so we were, we've, we've been trying to, so we've been trying to do these shows, and last night we did have a little talk right before the show started because, and this is not putting you on blast, you had a perfectly good reason for not being there, um, but uh, family, family does have to come first sometimes, and I, uh, but we had a lot of people tell us that they were coming and then not show up, and it's hard when you're putting on these shows. Because the way that you get to do more of them is when you bring in business for the places that you're performing. That's part of the symbiotic relationship of you get to use the space and also you make money for the business. Because, again, it's all about money. And uh, we need to make some money, too. So we put out our Venmos and we uh, have have a tip jar. And we actually did make some money last night. It was awesome. Junko, uh, Junko donated. Austin donated. Amanda donated. It was nice. It's nice to get to perform for people and make some money. But there's that little piece of you that knows if you ever want this to become more, you need to find a way to like market it. You need to find a way to reach more people. You need to find a way to get more people out there. And it's hard when you realize that you're not going to be able to do that with the people that you hold nearest and dearest. There is a psychological phenomenon that happens when – and you can speak to this a little bit. But I was reading a couple of articles about it, and I should I should find them again. But basically, the, the the articles say that it's 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 hardest for people who are closest to creative people to fully support them in a way like you're not going to be most popular amongst the people that you hold nearest and dearest. You tend to get a following 
of people outside of your own group, um, which is really interesting and in that it's actually there's like a strange discomfort for people that no one can seem to name <laughs> or put or put their finger on um, that people feel weird or uncomfortable supporting their friends in creative endeavors which is really, really interesting. There's like, I don't know if it's secondhand embarrassment, if you're like afraid you're not going to like it, like Grace being like, what if I what if I read his book and I hate it? And then, or, or, or his screenplay and I hate it, and then she did hate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or I'm not sure what that is, but um, we, Roz, Roz has, has experienced this a little bit more than I have. Like she'll have people who say they're coming and then it's like, it's a free show, um, where we're just going to be performing for, 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 for the joy and entertainment of it. And then the day before they say they're coming and then they don't show up the day of, which is a really interesting phenomenon um, that I don't, I don't really know where that comes from, but it's, it's tough because under a capitalistic model, you don't get to keep doing the thing if the money's not there and you can't do the thing more fully if you don't have more resources and more money. So it is, it's all about those material parts that goes along with this card that I'm not very good at. I don't like that part of it. Um, and then there's the human connection of like, well, it'd be nice if you would support me in doing this thing. And all you have to do is show up and then someone doesn't show up, but they said they were going to. There is, there's that weird like friction there that I always find really interesting. Um, I want to reiterate, I'm not putting it on blast right now. You, you, you had, you, you told me you couldn't come. Um, so, so I just, I, I wanted to remove that from the conversation in case you were feeling any type of way. About no, abs um, but absolutely. I know, I know you've dealt with this a lot because, um, because I've seen it. I've seen people not support you fully and, um, I've definitely seen it. Yeah, no, I, I see it with my creative friends because I always try my hardest to support them as fully as I can. I do know that when it is a friend, there's an uncomfortableness sometimes mm -hmm. that you do feel like you can't be honest about their art because art is so very important. It's so very uh, emotional and so mm -hmm. much work goes into it. So if you put something out there that I might not really get, I know that happened when KJ released the <laughs> song. I and love this story now. It's so funny. <laughs> and, and I now love it. I do because... What she was doing was she was doing a real campy kind of drag number. And when I first heard it, I went, what the fuck is this? And I immediately... <laughs> you were expecting our, like, Sarah Bareilles, Ingrid Michaelson, like, I deep was. love songs. <laughs> and I immediately called our other musician friend, Jerrica, and I said, I don't know what to fucking do because KJ wants me to listen to this and wants feedback, and I have no idea what to say. <laughs> and, uh... Jerrica gave but no but then after actually though it was good to talk it out because after you explained it to me I was like oh my god and I don't know why I couldn't get past that initially like I was just <laughs> expecting uh piano acoustic singing and when when I heard what you had for some reason I just didn't click what it was and so I remember being like I don't know what to say because <laughs> I kind of it was I kind of want to kill myself right now. But um, <laughs> so 
Anyway, my point is, I do know with friends and family, there's definitely a feeling like, uh, even if I didn't like it, I would just tell you I liked it. And I don't want you to think that's what I do, because I do love your music, and I love your art, and I think you're so talented. Absolutely. You're also, also, we've 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 proven, you're not a very good liar, so if you don't yeah. like something, I'm usually, pr- I can pick up on it pretty quick. Uh, you know yeah, what I mean? Like with that with that song i remember you sent it to me and i didn't respond and you're like why isn't she responding but i was like i was in turmoil was no like, no you were you, you were in total angst over it um which was, looking back on it i was very funny because we had been chatting a little bit about like about like drag and, and everything like that like recently so i think in my brain i had already made this like synaptic connection that I did not make clear to you. It was just in my head, not yours. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like... I also, Paige, we're very symbiotic. We are, but I do, I have noticed that the longer we live apart and the more I'm kind of day-to-day in this nursing world and oh, you're yeah. day-to-day in a creative world, um, our psychic connection isn't as strong all the time. And I have noticed that because no, it's not. I think... Because I think sometimes I'll say something and my point is clear and you you won't pick up on it. And then the same for you. And so um, that can be hard to do. That communication where you're used to having a shorthand with someone. And we mm-hmm. still have that for sure. But um, but when someone doesn't pick up on the shorthand and you're like, you thought it was so clear. <laughs> no exactly no it's it's very again I, I i keep referencing will and grace it's very grace you gotta call me if you go when off you go cheese because <laughs> so, anyway no yeah it's it's no, Sorry, no, yeah listeners, that got a little real personal between me and kj a little bit but back to the this thing. is what you we'll come go- here for <laughs> but I'm so happy. It sounds like your show went really well. It did. And like, I'm so grateful for the people who came. It's just like, like now that I'm out doing the gigging thing a little bit more now, now that I've invested in a PA system and I'm like actually focusing on this a little more this year, it is, I'm just noticing like a fascinating conundrum that people will like clamor to get tickets that they probably can't afford to go see Taylor Swift, a performer who I have very specific opinions on that I you won't do. share. Um, <laughs> you hate her. All, it's 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 not that I hate her. That's that's the wrong word. I would I I would have to have a reason to hate her to hate her. I don't care enough about her to actually hate her. What it is is I don't like the narrative that's been written about her that she plays up. She is not a rags to riches bitch. I'm sorry. She's not some like cute little country star that was discovered and suddenly blew up. Her parents own a record label. <laughs> like, come on. Anyway, so it's it's that type of stuff. People will clamor, like step on necks to get that for like $300. But for a free show that all you have to do is drive five minutes down the road for. <laughs> it's just weird. It's It's like an interesting phenomenon. And then... You get the same thing where it's like, yeah, I know, I, I like the, uh, you know, if it, 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 that's that's all that's all you get in response. And for me, I'm less in a place where I'm like 
mad mad about it i could tell that roz was actually getting a little frustrated um but uh it is frustrating um, it, it and, absolutely is. and like i said where with your friends you might not feel like you can be completely honest because it's so personal yeah. the reverse it for the artist is when people don't support you that is also very personal because it's your art and your music so um exactly I could see, yeah, uh, from from both ends, from a friend's perspective, if you're, at the same time, though, if you're a friend, like, just get over yourself and support them. And if you don't <laughs> like it, you know, it's, it's an hour. <laughs> exactly. And honestly, like, you've seen enough of my stuff to know that if we're just singing some stuff, like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be a fun, entertaining show. I've exactly. literally not had a single person leave and be like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've never gotten that reaction um, to, to, to like an entire set, um, which is good, you know? So again, it's like, it's these little things where like, I'm, I'm realizing now that there's this interesting, like emotional dance that we're all doing with each other all the time. And it's the same thing with like, uh, with the, the psychological thing that happens for some people this is a little more this is this is a slightly different thing but it's similar like during quarantine people are like why are we spending money subsidizing the arts those arts programs should just save themselves and it's like also i'm gonna go and watch eight hours worth of uh eight hours worth of hulu it's like no go fuck yourself you don't get to watch eight hours of hulu and then say cut arts funding suck a dick you know what i mean like it's it is it's just it's maddening that our brains are wired under capitalism to be like our brain is bad our braids are bad a lot of the time right and we're not when we don't <laughs> and when we don't fund arts and if we're talking about like tv shows specifically then all we get is mass-produced crap exactly because it becomes all about money and my favorite some of my favorite shows were really underfunded things that didn't get to keep going because there wasn't enough money so yeah absolutely we gotta fund art and artists because if we like entertainment which is just one piece of art um wh wh who do you think though entertains it's artists Exactly. So yeah, I like I, the only reason I brought that up is because like all of this is like swimming in my head after this pentacles card now where I'm like, it it's all interconnected, but my brain is like firing off on all cylinders yeah. in a million miles a minute. So I can't stream. You're this gnome. I you're am. Trying, well, true fact. You're tr you're, <laughs> that was not a hype comment. <laughs> It was more a comment about clothing and hats. Yes. Well, especially right now. Look at this. Look at this top. <laughs> and um, you're trying to unlock this box of pentacles, and you can't because your key don't fit. Because your key is full of shit. It's full of okay, shit. It's, oh, no, like no, it's frozen in ice. I was going to say, that may sound like I was saying you're full of shit. But that's not what I meant. I meant your key is full of the shit of society. I think we need to segue. I think we need to segue. So we're going to do a quick segue song. Segue, segue song. You're welcome. This is our segue. This song. is our segue. It's Jack Talk. <laughs> it's Jack Talk without Karen. Without Karen. Mm -hmm. Um. So the... 
It's very weird. Okay, side comment real quick. It's very weird. I need to put my microphone here to help me to remember to talk into it, but I do get that your KJ's point of view is just my face without a mouse because of the microphone. <laughs> it is true. I and do. And she, she has hers to the side, but I worry if I put mine to the side, I won't remember to talk into it. So I get that. Um. <laughs> Podcasting 101, everybody, ah, <laughs> with okay, KJ okay. and Jim Jam. I, I have no idea if this episode is interesting. So if it's not, listen to it anyway, because again, you're supporting our art. Support us. Oh. God, give us $50. <laughs> I will eventually set us up with something. Um, <laughs> Some way for people to do that. No, but uh, it's... <clears throat> I uh, kind of segueing out of creative endeavors. I uh, cause, and thank you. Thank you for indulging me that because it's, uh, it, it, t- it doesn't necessarily tie into what we're talking about today, but it ties into like this, this, the, this like repression of really talking through things that I think we really struggle with. I could see your mouth now. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's, she's fish mouthing at me. Oh, mom, mom, mom. Uh, I was just practicing my deep throat. I yes. Speaking of deep throat, uh, (laughs) what I would like to talk about today is Valentine's Day is coming up. It's past, actually. I, you, and I have both had different, but also like again that that symbiotic, like like we've we've lived in this world a little bit experiences around like dating and sleeping with people and like meeting people and trying to figure out this whole queer romance thing which is very confusing very difficult there was no guidebook written for us there weren't 50 trillion movies written about straight love that by the way straight people out there do not utilize the notebook as your guide to straight romance i don't think that's healthy either but at least you had something um we had i think the notebook i think you should your goal should be to die in bed with a loved one Oh, that's kind of sweet. Well, the, the, the ending sassy, the ending is it fine. It's ev- it's everything that it, got there. <laughs> I was trying to be rude, but it came out as sweet. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that came out really nice. Um, I know, and I'm really mad about it. God damn it. So um, I'm not a nice person. I'm a cunt. Uh, <laughs> she, she, she a real bee, y'all. Um, I'm a bitch, and it needs to come across. Oh, my goodness. But, so, when... Queer people are dating. When queer people are trying to meet other queer people, there is this whole unwritten rule book of how you're supposed to, how you're supposed to, like the identities you're supposed to have. With gay men, it's all about tops and bottoms and identities around bears and twinks and all of that. With lesbians, there's a little bit, uh, there's, there's, there's a whole set of like femmes and uh, femmes and butches and subs and doms, which is also an overarching thing within uh, queer and also like non-queer relationships. But there's, there, there's all these identities that no one teaches you. No one, you, you have to kind of figure it out. And on top of it all, queer people are more likely to be sexually and romantically repressed in a lot of ways because we're taught by society that we're wrong (laughs) we're not supposed to feel this way so what i kind of wanted to dive into a little bit today is some of our thoughts and opinions surrounding that like why it's so difficult for like queer like queer 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 people in general to just like get into it with each other you know what i mean like there's i don't know there's there's uh 
an example to kind of kind of jump us off. Did you watch Bros? No, I still haven't seen Bros. Okay. So I'm going to reference this really quickly, and it will probably tie in, because you watched the Neil Patrick Harris show, right? I forget what it's called. Loved Uncoupled, for okay. sure. So mm-hmm. I... Even though Trixie and Katya did not like Uncoupled. Um, they did not. And also, I watched the first half of the first yeah. episode, and I turned it off. Uh, um, she but we'll talk about like it. the we'll things talk about I it. like. Um, I will if they're like, uh, like Wednesday, no. that's fun. Um, Stop. but, uh, <laughs> so bros follows Billy Eichner as this sort of like, again, why are, why are all the gay male characters, these kind of like almost Faraday kind of like uncomfortable, emotional, like wrecks in these movies, like that, that gay movie with what's his face from, um, from, uh, ugly Betty, the assistant. That that movie that Trixie Katia also hated. Oh, uh, <laughs> and I did not watch Single All the Way. I single all the way. We watched it. It's it's bad. It it's looked bad. painful, and that's coming from me who loves. I I can I can make a painful movie good, but no. Here's here's why. Here's why. It's the same reason why the female lead is this woman working in business and she's successful, but she just can't get it right in love. It's because. There's a connection there. As I think a queer man, queer male, queer with a penis, maybe. I don't know. I don't know the word. Hmm. Um, uh, I feel like you, in and internally, we've all felt some version of that. We're in love, just like we're having this conversation where we feel sexually repressed. I think we, we feel awkward when it comes to dating and not necessarily sex. And so I feel like that depiction of that character in a movie like i totally relate even though when you see it on screen you are a little bit like this faggot really needs to get it together (laughs) (laughs) she i i think yeah continue sorry i i was i was formulating a thought and it's still it's still gestating yeah, I don't know if there's more to it, but that I so I get that lead of a character. It doesn't mean that should be the only character we write or or you know what I mean, but I do get that lead. Well, it's always these thin, salty, white, like cis dudes. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I'm getting at. It's it's kind of always the same character in the same archetype. Oh yeah, and it's and... always someone who shouldn't feel right. Like hot Billy Eichner, he does not feel that way. He's got grinder. No, he knows how to use it. He's fucking people. He's fine. Just like Neil Patrick Harris, not knowing how to use that uh, in Uncoupled. He's he's new to grinder. He's been in a long term relationship. Mm-hmm. And honestly, even though Trixie and Katya make fun of it so bad, um, I get it. Grinder is a weird app, even and for me, yes. um, it's it's just all torsos and it's just meeting up for meaningless sex. And that is not second nature for all of us. Um, no. For me, it is just very bizarre. I've done it. I've obviously, I've hooked up with people on yeah. Grindr. Uh, Same. It's weird. And I, I honestly, I don't like it. It's just weird. And unsafe. It feels unsafe. Um, 
But that being said, so Neil Patrick Harris not getting grinder, I actually, I didn't cringe at those moments because I got the feelings. At the same time, I get why people cringe because also, well, Neil Patrick Harris doesn't fit that. He knows grinder. I was going to say, it's never quote unquote like normal looking people. It's always these hot, relatively buff, usually again, like, like cis presenting white dudes who are kind of the face of the movement. And um, what what I'm getting at is less is less about like, I'm confused about Grindr and more a little <laughs> bit like, because again, like I, I get that too. And also Neil Patrick Harris is not confused about Grindr. Uh, no. Like she, Neil Patrick no. Harris and other Neil married, Patrick Harris's. <laughs> yeah. Even though she's been married forever, she knows. She knows. About exactly. It. We know. Um, my thing is... The only type of relationship we ever see is, well, there's like two. There's like two archetypes now. There's like the awkward, uncomfortable, who, 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 like that's, that's, that's their acting. It's like, ee, ah, ooh, uh, for like 45 minutes. And then they get a little bit more comfortable because there's this one man who can help them through everything. Um, <laughs> or we have the like, I... I I'm looking for this type of body. I'm looking for this type of person. We're going to fuck and then I'm never going to see you again. Don't talk to me. Don't call me. I don't understand why there's nothing in between. And it's not just media depiction. That has been my experience in the real world as well. And it's just kind of strange because I I personally, I, I would describe myself as demisexual, which means that I operate best in new romantic situations and new sexual situations when I have a connection with someone when we've at least like gone out, maybe had a coffee, chatted. We know a little bit about each other. We've gotten to feel the vibe out a little bit. Then I can feel more comfortable taking it to the next step if that's where we're headed. Um, And like understanding that about myself has been really, really great because it helps me kind of understand why dating around and like sleeping around right after my divorce was so uncomfortable and weird for me not just because I'm a tiny human who doesn't have who didn't carry mace or a knife with me like I probably should have <laughs> going to these strangers houses and getting buzzed uh, and when she meets someone at a bar she walks in and she always sets her gun down on the bar right on the table goes, don't try it ho she goes nice <laughs> to meet you I'm KJ and this is my pistol. And this is here. <laughs> this is my pistol. And this is my gun. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Penis Get it. joke. Insert oh, here. Oh, my. God. Insert here, would we? Uh- Stop <laughs> it! You slut! I, I just, I don't know. I feel like... It's really hard to get to to even like get at what I'm trying to get at here because again it's like sort of what we were talking about earlier with like people feeling uncomfortable about supporting creative endeavors. There's like a thing that yeah, we can get to like the surface level, but digging underneath the surface is really tough. Cuz we're all like like most humans are sexual, they have they have desires, they have needs, they want them to be met, and for some people it is. It's transactional. It's just easiest for them to get in, get what's good, be on their way. Whatever. I question whether or not most people live there because they want to or be or whether they're uncomfortable doing anything else, getting to know more people. Uh, I don't know. I just we have such an influx of queer like cinema and queer media. And yet it's still such a pinpoint narrowness of the actual queer experience because it's the marketable side of queer. Right. 
it's it's marketable enough but like i found bros enjoyable and also at moments kind of boring like it was hot at times it was sexy there were there, there were moments where it was like ooh they're both really pretty and hot and ooh now there's like an orgy so like it was nice to have a gay movie with gay shit happening in it and also the plot of the movie is about this man who has this dream of starting this like gay history museum and he wants to do it with all these other people from different queer walks of life and then he alienates all of them and they a bunch of them walk and at the end he has to be like I'm not the only the face of the movement you know I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a cis white dude um and I'm 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 not the only face of this movement but yet him coming to that conclusion was still 2 hours worth of him being the face of the movement, being the face of the movie. It's just bizarre and confusing to me. And his struggles in like love and relationships most like come from two things. Number one, him wanting a relationship, not really enjoying casual sex, but feeling like it's the only thing that he has at his disposal because men don't want to get to know other men. I don't know. I was just confused by what the movie was trying to say. I was confused by what the movie was trying to like, what narrative it was trying to get at, what it was trying to like push forward. And if it was even trying to do that, if it was literally just this dude's story of like trying to like figure out life and love and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I just, I find that uninteresting if we're not going to dig into why gay men and queer people and, and gay women and all this, all these other identities are the way that they are. What is the real reason why we behave this way in relationships? Why it's so hard for some people and for a lot of us to feel comfortable in relationships and feel sexually comfortable with each other and ourselves. And I don't think there's a lot of good movies that get into that. Um, a lot of good TV shows that really get into that. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying that they like, it sounds like Uncoupled kind of deals with that, but on a very surface, situational level, if it does. It does. No, not at all. Okay. It's just hot people fucking hot people, basically. And one man's one man's journey to figure out what the world, the, the, what the dating world is like post-long-term relationship, right? Yeah, kind of that. And just, it, honestly, it's just more about uh, going through a break, really. Sure. And in a very heteronormative way. Right. And, and I think that's that that's the reason I really struck because the first episode is really about the breakup. And I don't know if it's just because I've been divorced and I've had to go through a lot of that. I found a lot of it unwatchable. It might have just been like triggering me in ways that I was like, well, I don't like this. Um, So I might have to give it more of a chance. But what? no, I don't think so. I think if you don't enjoy the type <laughs> of I, I, I give you a hard time because I just I love I love to give you a hard time. But if I'm being honest, no, if you don't like that kind of show, it's not going to get better. Because that's the kind of show it is. So right. if, if I'm being real with you, no, don't give it more of a chance. Because if you saw this first episode, you've seen it. And you know how it ends. Um, <laughs> so, it's, it's, so if you like that kind of show, you'll like it. And I do. And if you don't like that kind of show, don't watch it. And one thing it reminds me of is... At the beginning, when you talk about how in gay male world specifically, which even though we're queer people, it's also the world we're lumped into and that we're probably most familiar with, um, with these bears and otters and twinks and doms and subs and tops and bottoms is um, 
these roles tend to emulate a very heteronormative world. Yes. And and so that is a, and and it's just funny because as queer people we don't live in a heteronormative world and we and actually most people in a modern relationship even straight people no longer live in this um, husband wife uh, she's responsible for the home he's he he goes to work right money. right that very nuclear like that's, family that's not the world style. we live in anymore except um, as queer people we often I feel like emulate that and i honestly i do get so in a like in a sexual setting i really get it i get very into a dom sub role play i think that is very hot but i also see it i also see it as problematic especially when it leaks into your personal life and not just in the bedroom and so i it is i would be like you said to dive more I would be interested to be like, why do we like enjoy these role plays? And then also, we enjoy these role plays in our personal life when it's not role playing anymore. When it's our actual life, like sometimes we enjoy someone being the more masculine person and being the more feminine person, even though that says seems very heteronormative. And we're queer people, and we don't need to be heteronormative. We can do whatever we want. Um, just like just like you were talking about with dating, we don't have to live in these polarities where um it's either casual sex or monogamy and nothing in between. Like we don't have to live in that world, and yet many people they I they're like, I'm only here for the casual sex or I'm only here for the monogamy. And they there's this whole in-between world that a lot of people don't explore. I'm not a hundred percent sure, like Trixie loves to say this very loudly when 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 they're watching queer queer stuff on uh, Queens Who Like to Watch. Who is this for? Like, really, who is it for? Because here's the thing: I think if the show, like like Uncoupled, didn't exist, you wouldn't miss it, right? Like like you watched it, you no. loved it, but you wouldn't miss it. It really like who is it for? Who was? What is the purpose of that show? You know what I mean? Like it is funny because <laughs> if you. If you wouldn't have hated it so much, that's on it. I'm a bitch. It's the only reason I defend it is because you detest it. Because honestly, if you wouldn't have brought it up, I would have forgot. No, exactly. Like, it is that but, kind of show. But but because because but 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 that's what I mean. Like like it's just it's it's kind of a nothing burger of a show, and they spent yep. so much time, money, and resources on it that could have gone anywhere else. Even though I am sad. <laughs> Okay, I say that, but actually, I did enjoy it. And I am sad it got canceled. I wanted a season. Two. I really sure. Did. I just. But you're right. Who is this for? Straight women. I I'm just sometimes I'm just I'm just perplexed by like Love Simon, really sweet, lovely show with straight people playing gay people. Um, and I I hated Love and Simon. I didn't I, enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and why did I hate it? I think I didn't like it because I didn't relate with any of it. No, it's well, again, yeah. it's these young, very conventionally attractive Hollywood people like not struggling with being gay, which, again, I don't need to watch shows about people struggling with being queer. What I don't need are young, hot people who aren't even actually gay in real life, not struggling being queer. like I don't need that. <laughs> Whereas what I loved 
And it's for the drama. Ah, yes. It's Love, Victor. Oh, sure. Love, Victor, I love. And Love, Victor does a little bit of better job. It at least has a person of color as the lead. Um, and it's a little bit more dynamic. So, it, it, but it's also just drama trash, too, and I loved it. But I hated Love, Simon, yeah, for sure. And, and I just... But I, I was happy to see a show that was like trying to push a narrative of like young, happy gay people that I actually did. I liked the sentiment there. I thought in execution, it didn't do what it set out to do as well as I think they thought they did. And that's where I start to really struggle because, again, we don't identify with it, partially because also we're in our 30s now. So maybe we don't identify with teen dramas as much as we used to. No, we're in your 30s. <laughs> You are. Um, but also... I'm 29. I am 29 <laughs> perpetually. Um, but <laughs> but it is. It's just I... Le- lately, because there's there's all of this comments... Because, like, there's that new show that MTV produced, the the, the, the real friends of WeHo, and it's, like, the, 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 the real gay friends of WeHo. Um, and it's getting a lot of pushback for two reasons. Number one, they made a, a, a terrible mistake. They put the show... In the half an hour that used to be Drag Race's extra half an hour, and then split up Drag Race and Drag Race Untucked. So now there's this half an hour where they're trying to push people to watch a show they really weren't that oh, interested in watching. That, Not a cute idea, strong. MTV. Not a cute idea. Yeah, that's a heavy hand. And then yeah. if you don't like trashy situational reality television, a la The Real Housewives, you are not going to like the show. And yes, I know plenty of gay people who love that type of show. I watched that show with a household full of queer people and a straight couple. And every single one of us was like, what the fuck is this? What is this trash? We watched one episode because I was like, you know what? We should at least give it one episode so that we at least have a reason to hate it. It's bad. And it's, again, <laughs> five conventionally attractive, three, like, mostly white. There, are, there, there there's, there's a couple of people of color. Like, mostly cis men who are all just living boring WeHo lives. It's just watching them, like, successful people do successful people thing, but then complain that people complain about them online because they do shit that they don't agree with. It's just, like, it's that for a half an hour. I'm like, dear Lord, can we stop? It's these rich like gay people living in West Hollywood. Who cares? Jonathan keeps complaining that I keep showing off my abs too much. And it's like, I have abs. I can show them It's off actually if really I funny want. because it's Jonathan Bennett's husband. <laughs> Jonathan Bennett from Mean Girls. His husband is one of the is one of the real friends. Here's the thing. They're also not real friends. They weren't friends before the show. Uh... Most of them hadn't even met each other. And most of them don't actually live in WeHo. Uh... <laughs> so anyway, it's just they're trying like but but then there's there's the opposite side michael henry who i do a love i do adore he's he's really trying to try he's he's trying to make a really really good point but i don't always agree with him he sometimes makes a point that queer people should just get out and support things because they're queer and i do agree i want to support queer things but you're not talking about like do you want us to support this show it was this, it was bros. There were a couple of other things that he's like, people are not getting out to support gay stuff when it's when it's handed to them. We, we, we clamor for gay stuff and then we get it and we don't like it. It's like, here's the thing. It's not just yeah, that we want gay stuff. Yeah, what, and, and it's, it's not yeah. even just that it sucks. It's that it's also not, no one can identify with it. No one can like, no one can get into this shit. So 
I don't know. It's just, I agree. But also, can we subsidize better queer content? Can we allow better queer people who actually want to do something for the community to have an opportunity to get some money and resources to create something awesome than just, well, this is what we have, so we better like it. I'm sorry, that was the 70s, 80s, and 90s with like shitty gay movies that we still love. They're bad, but we love them. But we have the opportunity to have better stuff now. You know what I mean? I love Edge of 17, and it's wonderful, but at the same time, we don't need to make another one. We don't need another right. one of those, right? We don't need another get real. We had the era of like schmaltzy coming out stories that were tragic and like, yes, maybe not the best directed, but they're beautiful and we love them. And we just really, really, really lo- like want to hold them near and dear. We don't need that anymore. We need something new, something innovative, no. something different. We need more gay Mario characters. Is what we need. Yes, we do. Uh, Luigi is set up Cheshire Bottom. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> anyway. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. So what 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 yeah, what what I'm like when it comes to love and relationships within queer people, this ended up becoming more of a media episode than I intended it to be. I just wanted media to be more of like an example of of real well, we life. We love a good But we do. We Because love. we consume so much media that it is I mean it is important. I don't want and I, we've talked about this before briefly, mm-hmm. is that um, I struggle with people implying that media means too much because I do think we need to be like, like, like having gay characters that I identify with in a movie is not the most important thing in the world. And so I, I do sometimes get frustrated. But then at the same time, it is important. And I, and so I, I feel both ways. No, you know? no, it's, it's, it's a complicated, difficult issue that no one has the right answer for. But yeah. what, what my, I think, I think to kind of like bring us back to the, my, my, my kind of my original attention with this conversation, although I loved what led up to this because it was very fascinating. Um, was, that bleeds over into real life. That media identity bleeds over into people's identity in real life. We created our our queer identity, our early queer identity, from the the very, very small amount of queer shit that we were able to get our hands on when we were younger. And that's sometimes what I worry, that these really kind of not very well thought out, like, uncoupled, again, you enjoyed it, but, like, is it going to help a young queer person like ident- identify more? Not necessarily. Does everything have to do that? No. But also, it would be nice if there were ways, or even like a middle-aged queer person trying to kind of re-identify themselves, trying to re... I, I don't know. I just like... It's hard. Yeah, because we, we definitely gravitated more towards Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Short Bus. And Short yeah. Bus. Because Short Bus, while... Well, for one, it has a multitude of characters. Yes. It's not just revolved around the cis white gay men. They're there. They're there and they're blowing each other. They're having a good time. And they're attempting to but, die by suicide. Um. <laughs> but it also has trans people and queer people and and a, a, a queer and a woman in a heterosexual relationship who has her first orgasm in kind of a very queer way. Mm-hmm. Like showing that Life is complicated, right? Like, she might want to spend the rest of her life with this man, but that does not necessarily mean she's a straight woman. You know what I mean? So, like, 
it's messy. It's a messy show. And that's what I like about it. Exactly. And I just, what I think is happening right now is that when Hollywood and like large production companies start realizing that we're marketable, we are a marketable demographic, they start focusing on stories that are the most marketable stories. Short Bus is not a very marketable story, partially because the title is super problematic, <laughs> like in a lot of ways. Yeah. The concept of like, of, of Short Bus as a concept has some has some neuro neurotypical neurodivergent friction there, right? Because it's a joke, right? It's supposed to be a joke, but I could see people being being like that title rubs me the wrong way, and they're right to feel that way. Um, but that's again, there's friction there. It's not supposed to make you feel comfortable all the time. I love that, and my personal opinion. Stamp on that right now. There is not enough actual queer content right now making people uncomfortable, making people really question what they think and feel and believe including queer people that are are ourselves are we as set in our identities as we think we are i had a complete identity crisis and shift in quarantine that had been going since like before that i I really started to feel that way in like 2016 2017 after i came out of the like deep depression of my divorce um that i just didn't identify the way that i thought i did and I had even felt that way even before I got married. You know, I, I never really understood my queer identity because I didn't have all the tools. Then more movies came out and more TV shows and more books and queer representation became more of a thing. And I got to feel more comfortable with who I am. So in some ways, I agree. More queer content is a good thing. But I think quality matters, too. The stories we're telling matter, too. Yeah. And I've. And I don't think this is the point you're maybe getting, but it also just makes me feel very much like, and what we need is a more diversity of creators yes. and producers. That does go right, right in hand with what I'm saying. We often focus on the actors mm-hmm. and the actors are not important in, in the story. We need writers, producers, and uh, directors. That's who we need. And we need diversity and we need to get these white men out of there. I know. Well, and it's, 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 we're living through an interesting time where we have more queer shit than ever. And yet, more trans anti-trans bills than ever right anti anti-queer shit is everywhere and media plays a big role in that whether we like to admit it or not media plays a huge role in what shapes people's opinions about other things because we are we live our lives based on other people's stories we we feel and believe things based on stories that we hear and i agree with you to, to kind of kind of piggyback off what you said the storytellers are more than just the actors portraying the story they're kind of the last piece no. of that puzzle. They're the last link on that chain. Or semi-last. There's also the editors and the people who do all the producing afterwards. But but by that point in time, the story and everything else is set, right? Yeah. Um, also, sorry, what were you going to say? <laughs> well, I don't know why that at that moment came across as, no, the editors are the dirt. <laughs> they're, 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 they're the, the salt of the earth. To go, to go back to the real world again, I think where we as queer people are still really discovering things, I think Gen Z is feeling a little different about it, is that we're still learning how to unbutton, right? Going back to that four of pentacles, how to be more open, more open about ourselves, more open about what we need, about what we want, about what makes us uncomfortable with each other. 
Because queer people, nothing makes queer people more uncomfortable than a queer person that they find uncomfortable. Like, truly. Like, watching Trixie and Katya be very uncomfortable with gay shit is less sometimes, I think, to do with them actually hating the content and feeling a deep sense of discomfort about something that they're identifying on screen that they don't like. And I do it too. Sometimes I'm watching Michael Henry videos. I'm bringing him up again because I find his videos funny and amazing and wonderful. And then there will be one where I'm just like, I find this not appalling, but I'm not enjoying this. Like, I'm really, really not enjoying this. And again, it's because, again, maybe it's not a part of my identity. Maybe it's not a part of where I'm at. Maybe I feel like it's honing too much in on something that I find disagreeable. I don't know. But again, I'd rather have that like pushing the narrative and having us think and change our behaviors than these shows that are like gay people are like this hit button press play like I'm so bored with that and I'm sick of it and until we demand better we're not going to get content that pushes the envelope the drag race fandom is psycho is, is psychotic and too much a lot of the time and needs to calm the fuck down but one thing that the Drag Race fan base is very, very good at is telling the producers of Drag Race, hey, maybe you should allow trans people on your show. Hey, maybe you should fucking shut the fuck up about people looking beautiful and the most feminine all the time and allowed bearded queens and different expressions of drag on your show that's supposed to speak for our entire community. Because for a while, they were the only mainstream queer thing that was consistently on television. So no, queer people need to demand better. And that's why I say, hey, you can enjoy anything you want to enjoy. We should also be telling producers, maybe you don't need to make another Uncoupled. Maybe we don't need another bros in the exact iteration of what it is. Let's use those things to find another level, another layer. That was a good ground floor. Where do we go from here now? Good effort. Good job. We like it. What else is there? I don't know. Does that make you think anything or feel anything any type of way? I just, I agree. <laughs> but I agree. I'm sorry, my first, I'm sorry, my first thought was, but I wanted a season two. <laughs> I know. And here's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum or make them feel like liking no, bad, bad or like less, less you. desirable queer content. Like, like I, I just, <laughs> I, I just got stuck there. <laughs> but it's just, that's not my only feedback, but I can't. Hey, it's okay for us to identify the first thought or opinion no, that comes I, up. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot of what therapy is, is like, okay, that was your no, first thought was, or feeling. <laughs> Yeah, I was, no, I was enjoying what you were saying because it would be real easy for, like, drag race to be like, no, traditionally, drag is cis men dressing as women and they don't identify as women. It would have been real easy for them to really get stuck there. And I'm just glad they were able to open and evolve and be like, that is not what people are doing now. There are trans women doing feminine drag. There are trans men doing feminine drag, doing math. Like, there's a lot happening, and I'm glad drag race evolved. And yeah. so just like you said, um, people demanding that, because I feel like too often these, I don't know who's producing, but they're they either are all of a similar identity or they're um underestimating their audience. Yes. And that's that a big I part hate. of it. That's 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 and it. That, and so 
whenever I hear, like, uh, they're making it for the masses, what I hear is you're underestimating people. Mm -hmm. Because I think people will surprise you. But then at the same time, uh, like you were, we were talking about with Short Bus. Then there are shows like Short Bus that probably couldn't have been mass appeal, and that's okay. Um, uh, so not everything has to be for mass appeal, and also, uh, some stuff can be for mass appeal, and we just gotta not dumb it down for people. And it could still push a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it could still push some buttons. There are plenty of really yeah. horrifying horror films that get real mucky and messy, and they're also huge like sensations like everyone has seen them you know type of movies so like there's oh, there's ways yeah too when we talk about horror is funny that you bring that up because when i think i think of hereditary yeah. and i think what a fucked up show but that was in every theater yep that was in every people theater, wanted to watch it fucked up. because we are all also deeply fucked up by this- trauma it's fucked up. It is. It's a fucked up it's, show. It's a fucked up movie. Um, also, I just want to really quickly go back really quickly uh, and just like put put like a an and on something. Yes, there are traditional forms of drag, which are cis men dressing as women but not identifying as women. That's not the only or the original intention of drag for everybody. Drag is a very complex art form that's been around for a very long time. And... We have honed in on one specific style, specific style, and call it a traditional. But it's I would I would I would argue it's actually not correct to call that traditional drag on a on a on a larger scale. I know you know that. I just wanted to go back and say that as uh, a no. I I I don't. I'm not a drag historian. Oh. <laughs> so oh, I'm not a historian either. But I have done a couple of deep dives into like the world. I of actually drag. don't know that much about drag. So no, I'm glad you interjected because. I was just saying it would have been easy for the show to get stuck. To get really stuck there. Honestly, in what I thought was traditional drag, because I don't know. Well, also, that's the narrative that's been pushed. But there there have been plenty of bearded queens and queens who are a little bit more conceptual for a long time. There are trans people who've been hyper feminine and past. There are trans people who are like, no, I will never look like your definition of a woman and they've existed for years like that's not i was gonna say my history of drag all comes from the show pose so i think drag started in the 80s <laughs> is really what i'm saying you know what um in in some ways kind of did it went through a renaissance and a kind kind of a change but anyway uh, this was an interesting attempt at a valentine's episode <laughs> uh, have, i have i and that brings us to Happy Valentine's Day. This isn't coming out until the week after Valentine's Day, which is also appropriate because we didn't really. Uh, yeah. But when it comes to love and romance, my 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 thought to pose to all of you is, are there ways that we as queer people, for those of us queers and those of and, and, and even if you're not, that we approach love and relationships in a very like put everything into a box way checking boxes or putting yourself or your partner into a box are there ways that we could open that up more that we could just be more yeah. interested in a world with less boundaries well oh, sorry oh, less yeah. barriers boundaries are good barriers is what i meant <laughs> boundaries are great no no <laughs> take down those boundaries be uncomfortable in your everyday life all the time That's never what... have boundaries <laughs> 
Always have fear. Official. Let fear drive your life. Official stance of the queer book. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah write in also if you have any stories or or if if this yeah. made you think anything the queermocast at gmail.com is this if this made your sphincter twitch how come we'd love you to hear five. about it <laughs> <laughs> and then tell us more uh <laughs> but any closing thoughts mama no, honestly, I, I, uh, I. This episode has made me think of a lot of elaborations I want to do in future episodes. So stay tuned, keep listening, and um, use lube. Ah, uh, always. And as always, as well as as always, as always. Oh, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Get ready for our future series on the entire first season of Uncoupled. 